0: Today we discuss how the Islanders might lose the Horvat trade and how it may cost them down the road. Plus, we further analyze where Bo Horvat may fit into the Islanders lineup. We've got that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Blocked by Polak and Price! Another spectacular stop! SAR tees it up and a save is made by Mabrowski Nelson! Barzell with the open net and he scores! Yes, 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 yes. Hi and welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today, and thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders Your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've discussed on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so please join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans game time or anytime. so please feel free, and it's always great to talk a little Isles hockey. So much to talk about on today's show, and we're going to start with a little more on the Bo Horvat trade. No question about it, this was a big deal. And, you know, one of the things we can take away from this, Lou Lamarillo right now not interested in a big let's blow this roster up and rebuild. Uh, he may be willing to retool, but he's not going to do that complete rebuild Uh it certainly isn't his first choice, and it may not be a choice that he favors at all. So let's take a look. Now, we talked yesterday about how this Beau Horvat trade can be won by the New York Islanders. And we're talking long term, not just in the short term. And you can go back, listen to uh, Wednesday's show, yesterday's show, and hear that analysis. But today, I wanted to start off by talking about how it would look if this trade blew up in the Islanders' faces, if they lost this trade. The most obvious way, well, there there are two key components to this trade. The biggest one is this. You got to get Bo Horvat to sign an extension. If you gave up a number one draft pick, the number one prospect in your System in Atu Ratu, and uh, you know a, a legitimate second or third line forward in Anthony Bevilier, who was in your lineup game in and game out, and all you got was a rental player who was only on your team for February, March, and part of April of this year. That is way, way overpaid. We talked about the fact that in the NHL, the worst thing you can do is be kind of good or average. You don't want to be chasing the wild card spot every year, either barely make it in or barely miss. uh, And that sort of puts you on a treadmill to nowhere. In the NHL, you want to be one of two things, ideally. You either want to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender where you're one of the best teams in the league. You're Boston's right now, uh, certainly more than anybody. Tampa Bay, every year, they're at or near the top of the league standings. Colorado, if they're healthy, uh, certainly fits that description. Or you want to be tanking for Bedard. Obviously, you want to be among the lottery teams where for two or three years, you're getting top five picks, you're getting some of the biggest generational talent available in the draft, you put together two or three really solid drafts where you're picking near the the top of the league, (coughs) and you hit on those players, that's how you build a contender. Then you can supplement that with the odd free agent signing, the trade Uh, and some of the other players you draft who are not the elite talents but end up contributing. If you look back at, you know, the last huge talent that the Islanders drafted, uh, you know, John Tavares was a number one overall pick, and he had that impact on the Islanders where they went from a team that was drafting way too, you know, at the beginning of the draft— Year after year after year, they end up with John Tavares. They end up making the playoffs. It took a couple of years to get more talent around him and for him to reach his peak. But that's what happened. If the New York Islanders cannot re-sign Bo Horvat, immediately we know they overpaid for him as a rental. That's number one. Number two, we know if the Islanders don't make the playoffs... This year. Well, okay, the draft pick is protected this year, but then it wouldn't be next year. But again, you're acquiring Bo Horvat because you feel he addresses some of your biggest needs. More goal scoring, more leadership, better play on the power play. He's brought in to address all those things. If you get Horvat and then whatever other deals Lou Lamorello may or may not make, and you still don't make the playoffs, that also makes this deal a bad one for the islanders now it gets a lot worse if you can't re-sign horvat that's the worst case scenario you don't make the playoffs and you don't re-sign bo horvat if you make the playoffs but can't re-sign them you way overpaid and it's still not good but you know worst case scenario you lose the trade by a mile if you don't make the playoffs and don't re-sign Bo Horvat. That is the ultimate double whammy disaster. And here's the thing. Lula Amorello has now traded away his last four first-round picks. J.G. Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, Alexander Romanov, and now Bo Horvat. He was able to re-sign Pajot to a new deal. Palmieri. To a new deal, Romanov to a new deal. There is a pattern so far. When Lou Lamarello trades away a first round pick and targets a guy, he tends to sign that player to an extension. And I'm hoping that regardless of outcome, Lou Lamarello is intending to try to sign Bo Horvat to. A new deal. It is the key to possibly winning this trade. We have got more to get to on this episode. We'll talk about what it'll take to sign Bo Horvat. What numbers are we talking about? We'll talk about where he fits into the lineup, and we will also discuss uh, some thoughts from Anthony Bevilier and Atu Ratu as they said farewell to Long Island. We've got all that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you'll need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sports app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get your winnings instantly. So, Join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on, locked on one word, to make make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So what would a deal for Bo Horvat look like? And there's been some speculation about that. And realistically, I I, I think we're talking about $8.5 million a year. And I think Bo Horvat is looking for that eight-year deal. Uh, Apparently, he turned down an $8 million a year offer from Vancouver, according to some sources. But right now, his market value has got to be Somewhere between seven and a half and eight and a half million. I don't think the Islanders will exceed what Matthew Barzal is going to get paid starting next year. They may come close to it. So, realistically speaking, eight years, Horvat will be 35, and the good news about that is you're not going to see a guy who's in his 37, 38, 39. Year season. The deal will end right when he really starts to tail off. The question is, if I'm Bo Horvat, he seemed very enthused about coming to Long Island. But will he still be after he's played here a little while, gets to know his teammates, gets to know the, the, the Long Island and the city and the surrounding area, uh, gets used to playing at UBS Arena? What will his take be after he's been here for just a little while. That will be an important factor. So I think we're talking about somewhere in the eight to eight and a half million dollar a year range for eight years. And that's a lot of money. And when you add Barzal and you add Horvat, if he signs for something in that range. And keep in mind, in a year, you got to sign Ilya Sorokin to an extension because he's going to be a free agent and be up for a free, you know, uh, t- to leave if he doesn't like what the Islanders offer him. That really creates more complications. So uh, you're going to end up with your three biggest star players costing you a lot under the cap. Now, that could be good news as well. We could see a buyout of Josh Bailey next offseason whether or not the islanders would bring back zach parise next season whether or not you re-sign scott mayfield all of a sudden some of these older players kyle palmeri etc these older players the odds of them being moved increase if the islanders need to create cap space for your horvats your sorokins uh and and the like you want to make sure that you lock up your best players. And, you know, one problem or one issue that a lot of fans rightfully had about Lou Lamorello and the Islanders organization even before Lou came in, when Garth Snow was still running the show, the Islanders always tended to overpay their bottom six forwards. Uh, your Cal Clutterbuck's, your Matt Martin's, your JG Pajos. Uh, guys who were getting, you know, bottom six minutes. And I'm not saying they aren't good players and I'm not saying they aren't important to the team. But I am saying that you can't overpay your fourth line and your third line so that you don't have enough money to give the big bucks to the better, you know, players that that make your team great. So it's it, it it's. One of those situations where if you sign Horvat and you want to end up signing Sorokin in a year and you've already got Pelik and Pulak and uh, Barzal locked up for a while, you have to start jettisoning, whether it's by trade or by buyout or by outright releasing them or LTIRing them, whatever it is, you have to start taking some of those players who are getting more money than what their production is worth at this stage in their career and clear out their salary. So there is that. Uh, And and maybe that is a reason for optimism if if a deal can indeed get done and we have to see what happens. But uh, right now, uh, you know, the Islanders basically looking like uh they really want to lock up Horvat and Horvat said he was open to discussing that with the Islanders and hopefully you know that is something that they will end up doing so we'll see how it all plays out meanwhile some thoughts about where Horvat will fit into the lineup and we do have a poll up on YouTube uh, if you want to take a look at that on our YouTube page look i think Right now, Horvat is going to center Bavili, uh, going to center Barzal, and the question is who's the third guy on that line. And some people have talked about Anders Lee. I don't think they're going to break up uh, Nelson Lee and Palmieri because that line has worked so well in recent games since Palmieri returned to the lineup. It's the only offensive line that was producing. So what, what happens? Well, maybe, again, a couple of players who have been discussed. Sezikis is a possibility, although I think now with Ratte, uh, Ratu rather gone, Sezikis goes back to the fourth line and centers it. The other two possibilities that came to mind, you could go, well, three. You could go with Zach Parise. You could go with Josh Bailey because Bailey, you know, doesn't seem to have a defined role. He's not a fourth-line guy. He's probably best suited for third line if he's in the lineup right now. But, you know, I, I would prefer Parise to Bailey only because Parise would give you a little sandpaper, a little physicality. He could also score, and he's not afraid to do the dirty work. If you don't want to put Parise up there, when he's healthy, another name that I thought about, Hudson Fashing And a couple of listeners brought up Fashing's name as a possibility. I think it's a real possibility. Fashing has to get healthy first. He's not the most gifted goal scorer, but I think Fashing will be physical. He will go into the corners. He is positionally sound. He also, like Parise, wouldn't mind getting in front of the net and uh, screening a goalie or occupying a defenseman. So, we don't know how close Hudson Fashing is to returning, but as of right now, that's a possibility. The other possibility, in my mind, Simon Holmstrom, you know, again, not a lot of offense, not as much grit, but we'll see what ends up happening uh, with regard to that line combination. I would like to see either Parise or Fashing, Bailey would be a third choice, but, you know, some people have said Anders Lee. Again, I don't think they want to uh, rip it up, but that that Parise, uh, excuse me, the lee nelson Palmary line, but we'll see. It, it depends how it starts out and what ends up happening once, you know, Monday comes along and we see that deal, uh, when we see Bo Horvat finally taking the ice. We have got more to get to on today's show. We will discuss uh, some of the parting thoughts by Anthony Bavillier and Atu Ratu as they head away from Long Island. And for Bo, you know, this is the first time in a while that he has done that. Uh, You know, he's been an Islander his entire career. Plus, we have our Islander's birthday of the day. Uh, a power forward who was only briefly an Islander and flourished elsewhere. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal this year is to eat a little healthier, uh, but I also don't want to compromise taste, and if you're like that, Well, I got just the thing for you. You got to try Bilt. With Bilt, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Bilt Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in delicious flavors like cookies and cream, which is my favorite, churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And each bar has 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but they pack 17 grams of protein. And now, in addition to going to built.com to get your built bars, you could also pick them up at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So, head to built.com, Walmart or Sam's Club, to pick up the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, built bar. Kind of sad to see Anthony Bevilier and Atu Ratu go. And, you know, they gave interviews about it, and, you know, Ratu seemed to be very enthusiastic about being a part of this organization. Anthony Bevilier, you know, he had so many great moments with the Islanders. The overtime goal to extend the Lightning Series in the playoffs a couple of years ago is the biggest one that comes to mind, but, uh, again, we shall see. So, Clearly, you know, there was a, a, a disconnect that we will have to see what happens. But Bavillier, you know, he was an Islander since the start of his career, had a lot of really good moments, but not consistent enough. And, you know, Bo really... It's, it's kind of sad to see him go. Kind of sad that he didn't get to have, you know, that consistent career that would have kept him on Long Island for, you know, the rest of his career. But at this point, you know, they did interviews. They said all the right things. Bavillier did, and, and so did uh, Atu Ratu. But you got the feeling from their body language and from their tone that they just felt a, a certain sense of loss that their Islanders career was coming to an end. So obviously, you know, to me, while I was frustrated by Bevilier and frustrated at times by the way the Islanders used Atu Ratu once they called him up, I wish those two guys the best. They were really good uh for the Islanders during their time with the team, even though Ratus was very brief and uh, wish them only the best going forward. Mark your calendars because next week, the Vancouver Canucks come to UBS arena and we will see Anthony Bevilier playing for the Canucks against the Islanders. It's going to be a heck of a, of a weird experience I'm sure for Anthony Bevilier and Uh, probably for a lot of his teammates as well when you break it all down. I mean, Bevilier has been an Islander for quite some time. And, you know, he's, what, 25 years old at this point? But he, you know, was a first-round pick. And, you know, since 2017, he has been a member of the New York Islanders 457 games, 102 goals as an Islander, 209 points. Not the production you would have hoped for from a guy who was drafted in the first round, but, uh, you know, a guy who had those big moments for the Islanders and will be remembered fondly by a lot of Islanders fans. Our Islanders birthday of the day is a player that the Islanders ended up giving up on too soon. Uh, Today is the 48th birthday of former Islanders winger Todd Bertuzzi. They drafted him in 1993 in the first round, 23rd overall. He had 54 goals and 119 points for the Guelph Storm in his last year in juniors. Had 18 goals, 39 points in his first season with the Islanders in 76 games, but his production kind of fell off a little bit after that, and uh, he was injured, and Then they ended up trading him midseason in 97-98 to Vancouver, where he flourished his big year, 46 goals for the Canucks in 2002-2003. had a 36-goal season the year before that. And, you know, power forwards, and and Bertuzzi was 6'3", 230. Power forwards take a little longer to develop and to get NHL ready. And Bertuzzi was no exception, but by the time he hit his stride, which happened in Vancouver, of all places, in the early 2000s, he was no longer a New York Islander. So uh, Todd Bertuzzi, who played 1,159 NHL games, 314 goals, 770 points, and yes, 1,478 penalty minutes, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We will be back tomorrow. We will. Talk a little bit about the Islanders' farm system, a little bit more about the Beau Horvat situation, and any new injury news as we get ready for the weekend, and then the resumption of hockey after the All-Star break. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!